Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Um, today's a very special episode because it's my first one back in quite a while. I think it's been like six or seven weeks since the last since my last upload. Well, um, yeah, I'm back. I've got NBA and NFL context for you guys. Um, if I'm a little rusty, just bear with me. If I stutter a little more than usual, hitting a little more ums and uhs, that's just the rest talking. So hopefully I'll get that out of the way early, kind of get back into the flow at all. This is going to be a fairly short episode. Just have a few like hypothetical, you know, scenarios I want to work up with you guys. I want to talk to you guys about, um, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, make sure to do that at professional sports talk because the polls on yesterday's stories is going to be related to today's episode. I'm hoping to do more of that in the future just so I can find more ways to get you guys involved. Maybe get some other you know, guest appearances on the pod, even if it's just a few minutes. Uh, let me know if you guys would want to see that. I hope you guys are enjoying that Instagram account. It's going to get um, a lot more content in the next coming weeks. My YouTube channel is going to be up and going in the next few weeks too as soon as I find a decent editing software that's not too expensive. Um, another great thing that's coming up soon is I was talking about it a couple episodes before I left to went before I left for Europe, excuse me, but the rebranding of this podcast is finally happening. I don't know if it's going to be uh, all set in stone by the time this episode comes out, but I have a feeling either by tonight, so Wednesday night or tomorrow morning, um, this will no longer be called professional sports talk. It'll be called Murphy's league. Um, again, that's not permanent, just still, you know, trying things, seeing what works better. Um, maybe even put a poll up on the Instagram to see what you guys like more. I just want my own like personal flair on it. I think professional sports talk is extremely bland and not very descriptive as to what I'm doing here. I think Murphy's league, um, really puts my name out there as well as it's pretty clear and obvious what I'm doing, you know, as far as Murphy's league goes. Um, and it's not so, you know, bound to one thing or another because you know i'm going to be doing nba content a lot more um obviously the nfl is going to be my primary focus that's what i'm best at um that's what i'm more passionate about but i'm hoping to get more and more into this nba world i guess um i've had a really fun time watching it um through the end of the playoffs or sorry through the end of the regular season into the playoffs um a lot of fun with this season congratulations to the golden state warriors uh, winning the championship while I was gone. Sorry about that. You probably heard that. That was a little loud. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into this. And now that I've addressed the rebranding, now that I've just being back and how excited I am, what I'm planning to do on the future with this podcast, which will again be called Murphy's League, at least for now. Might be changed again. We'll see. Today's episode is going to be really special. Um, again, we're going to start off things with talking about the NBA, this or that I had planned. This, All these um, hypothetical scenarios were on my story at Professional Sports Talk. So again, go check that out. There's going to be a lot more to come. I had a lot of fun doing this. I think the opinions were pretty even on a lot of them. Um, they were questions designed to be more so 50-50. You could argue one way or the other. I'm going to pull up the polls right now as we speak, um, just so you can actually, I can show you guys general numbers of what you all thought. Um, everyone who did vote and participate in that, I appreciate that a lot. Um, it does mean a ton to me, and it definitely helps out the channel. Um, how do I get to the fucking stories? Because it's not my story anymore. I can just do this, I guess. Um, Let's put these together. Perfect. 
All right. So looking first, we had we started off with who's better, Drew Holiday or Marcus Smart. At 55%, Drew Holiday took the W. But again, very close. Honestly expected it to be this close. Drew Holiday had 17 votes. Marcus Smart had 14. So all 31 of you that participated, appreciate it a lot. Uh, I have to say, I, I agree with the general consensus. I do think it's closer than some people think. Um, but Drew Holiday is just... He's been in the league a little longer. He's a little more experienced. He's got a little bit more basketball IQ to him. And obviously, he's in a great spot in being in the Bucks roster. He can be their third guy. Um, but he could still be a really efficient scorer as well as facilitate some things throughout the offense while clamping down the best player on the, enemy, on the opposing team, especially if they're a guard. I mean, he is just so good. He's so smart. Um, he sticks. He's sticky as hell with a lot of these guards, and a lot of the quicker guards in the league have even called him the best defender in the league. I think Steph did as well. I know Damian Lillard did for sure. So anytime you know someone of that caliber is really like calling you know him out and saying that he's you know the best defender in the league, you got to take it for something. Obviously, Marcus Smart can't take anything away from his campaign last year. Um, one defensive player of the year for a reason. But as an all-around player, I think Drew's still a little better. I even think Drew's defense could be considered better. Marcus Smart is just much more of that um, that Draymond mold where he does a lot of the dirty work and he also draws so many fouls. You can call it flopping or not, manipulating the rules, whatever you want to say. Maybe that's an excuse that you can use in, uh, against him. But... I would say that, I mean, that's just how the or excuse me, that's how the NBA rules have changed. That's how the game is becoming. That's if you can take advantage of that and you can cause turnovers off of that playing that way, then yeah, you got to respect it. Either way, very close there, fifty-five to forty-five. I gotta agree with you guys though and take Drew Holiday. But again, fifty-five to forty-five—that's a pretty good representation of how my thought process would be about these two players. Because you could argue that Marcus is still getting a little better. It's not that Drew's like past his prime or anything like that, but Marcus is younger at the end of the day. Um, so let's go on to the next one. The next one I have on my story, um, I have. Who would you rather have on your team for the next five years, Luka Doncic or Kevin Durant? This one was not nearly as close as I thought it'd be. Honestly, this one got more votes. So 28 votes for Luka, only six for Durant. That kind of surprised me just because, you know, we've seen Durant do it um, at the highest level for so long. And yeah, we've seen Luka absolutely do it too. And Luka may be a little bit better of a playmaker, but just as a pure scorer, Durant is just arguably still one of the two best scorers in the league maybe one of the two best players in the league still um i think the really difference here was just the age uh kevin durant you could argue especially coming off some of the injuries that he's had you could argue he's on the decline um he has had a lot of you know of course the achilles but he's bounced back from that he's 32 but he does have or he's 33 i believe going into year I believe 16, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously a lot more wear and tear on the body. I think that's the reason why a lot more people said Luca. This is one that I genuinely didn't really know how to answer. Um, I probably say Luca, but it'd be so close. And I'm surprised that again, it wasn't as close as it was. Um, for those of you that did say Durant, shout out, you got some balls. Um, and I liked a lot of the arguments for what you guys said. Uh, Vance had a great point that if it was 10 years then he'd probably take Luca and it only being five he'd take Durant I can totally see where he's coming from then so again 
appreciate all the feedback really like what i heard there this was another one that wasn't as close as i thought it would be um i said one year with mvp d rose or one year with mvp russ um obviously i'm a homer i'm gonna take d rose every single time but russ still got 11 votes um i honestly thought it was gonna be a little closer d rose got 24 so again thanks to the what 35 of you guys that participated um Russ still had some good votes though. Russ, Russ was in there. Um, some guys that you know I definitely respect their sports opinion on had Russ. Um, a little surprised by that. Obviously, that was the year Russ went absolutely fucking ballistic. He was averaging 32 points, 10 and 10. Um, so averaging a 30 point triple double. That is statistically like one of the best seasons ever, uh, especially from his his position. Um, but yeah, I mean I have to take D Rose. I just think the way he elevated that team. Um, I think the whole, you know, Chicago is a huge market. That expectations you have to fill in Chicago, you're always going to be compared as an athletic guard to Michael Jordan. And um, I mean, let's be honest, us Chicago Bear, us Chicago Bears fans, funny, us Chicago Bulls fans, um, us basketball fans as a whole, a lot of us thought he could be that before all the injuries. Obviously, the youngest MVP ever. Um, that team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they lost to the Cavs, or to the Heat, rather. I think that was 2011. I think, if memory serves me right, they lost to the Heat team when the Heat were just beating everybody. Um, but, I mean, he really felt like the chosen one. Under the immense amount of pressure he had to have felt from the city, he absolutely lived up to it. He elevated his teammates. He energized that stadium anytime he played, and... Yeah, I'm biased. I don't care. Um, D Rose was amazing. That was statistically, again, one of the best seasons ever. But I just don't think he was raising his teammates the way D Rose was. I don't think he was living up to expectations the way D Rose was. And again, just OKC is not nearly the market that Chicago is. And that's just a fact. Um, and yeah, maybe that's a bullshit reason to bring into it. But I just did. It's my show. So fuck off. Um, next, we had who's more likely to win it all next year? The Clippers or the Suns? Again, this one, this is surprising to me. I really thought, me personally, I think it's the Clippers. Um, again, it's close. These are all supposed to be close questions. Um, but, I mean, the Clippers are just fucking loaded. Anyways, you guys voted the Suns with 20 votes to 15. So it was pretty close, you know, almost 40-60, just about. Um, and, again, I can totally get behind both reasons here. I think there's, you could totally argue both sides me personally uh maybe i'm a little bit of a sucker for the clippers just because i love their core i've always loved john wall he's been one of my favorite players in the league forever i've always thought he's incredibly underrated and just swept under the rug because he's always been caught up on bad teams um paul george one of my favorite players in the league if you know me you just know that's true i just love two-way players and the fact that they have maybe the best two-way duo in the league that is just going to serve them so well in the playoffs and especially because yeah maybe Paul George may have had some moments where he shrunk in the playoffs but he's also had some moments throughout his entire career as you know as recent as a couple years ago where he really shined in the playoffs and really showed that he can you know be a one on a team but 
he doesn't even need to be on the one on this team because Kawhi, a healthy Kawhi, is still possibly a top five player in the league. Paul George can easily be a top 10 if he plays at some of the levels he's played at in the past. Um, John Wall, they really got for a steal. And then beyond that, they just have so much depth. You can go down the depth chart. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's a pretty high usage, high volume guy. It's going to be weird to see how you know John Wall fits into that, but I really think they'll be able to figure it out. Um, they got Luke Kennard, who's obviously a sniper. They still have Norman Powell or Rocco. Um, they've got a ton of dudes. I, I don't know if Zubash is still there. I honestly don't know if who their center is right now, but it really doesn't matter. If you just look at their wings play, wing play, you look at their guards, um, I think it's fully able to match up with the Suns. And I don't think the Suns are going to nearly have the success, especially in their regular season, as they did last year. Not that that was some anomaly and they're just going to fall off the face of the earth. Not, by no means do I mean that. But it's so hard to stay as good as they've been um, for this long. I think the Aiton deal, obviously he's supposed to come back, but that was a little bit of a distraction going on in the locker room. It's kind of weird they didn't just immediately bring him back. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I, I genuinely think the Suns are going to be very, very good. I still think they're going to be a top three seed in the West potentially. Um, but A, the West is just so much better now. And I think the Clippers... B are just so much better like overall as a team like I don't, maybe they're not better than the Suns but comparatively they're if they're healthy they could damn well be the best team in the West and the West is going to be so fun so it's hard to say that now you know if the Nuggets are healthy they could be extremely good um, if the Warriors you know just play as well as they did by the end of last year they could be extremely good Jordan Poole's maybe still getting better you know you don't have to hear this from all me you know the Grizzlies could be getting better but we again we already know all this the West is going to be extremely fun next question of course this one sits very close to my heart very glad very happy with you guys that it went the way it did um still if you guys voted the Warriors I'm not gonna you know take your vote out of it some people I respect a lot you know voted the Warriors still um, 95-96 Bulls versus the 15-16 Warriors. It is very important in this debate to include that Kevin Durant was not on the Warriors yet. This was the 73-9 Warriors. Um, the Warriors that lost in the finals to LeBron and Kyrie when they choked that 3-1 lead. That infamous, you know, kick-ass Warriors team. That, don't get me wrong, extremely good team. Maybe for one game, they could steal one from the Bulls. I think even in a seven-game series, they would beat the Bulls in game one. Um, they're just that style of play. The Bulls would just not be used to at all. You know, no one's stretching the floor like they are. No one's using the pick and roll like the Warriors are back then. But this is the GOATS team. And this is one of the greatest dynasties, if not the greatest dynasty. This is the greatest dynasty in basketball ever. They're about to be going into their fourth ring, so they're really catching momentum. They're really about to start this three-peat. Um, and they still have all the athleticism in the world that I think they can keep up with the Warriors. This is where, you know, I've gotten some heat with some people without this discussion. Again, it really doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's a hypothetical question that will never be answered. And we're always going to be able to debate about it and never have an answer. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, I think if Kevin Durant is on this Warriors team, maybe it's a different story, but I just think the physicality, the rebounding, the defense of that Bulls team, and then the ability, they're going to slow the game down. They're going to run it through Jordan. He's going to drain the shot clock as deep as he can, and then they're going to make mid-range buckets. And I really think that that strategy would work. I think they'd be able to slow the Warriors down. Um, I think that Pippen 
would have a good matchup against, you know, whoever else it might be, probably Andre Iguodala. Um, Curry and Clay, one of those guys is going to end up having a really good game. It's probably going to be Clay um, because Curry's probably going to, or sorry, Jordan's probably going to be on Curry. Um, but again, this is a seven game series. I think the Bulls are going to be able to make the adjustments they're going to make. It's obviously weird to think that because, you know, Steve Kerr was on the Bulls and now he's the Warriors head coach and whatever. It Again, it's all hypothetical. It doesn't fucking matter. You guys voted for the Bulls. Um, it was 66% voted for the Bulls, 34% voted for the Warriors. So again, 23 votes towards the Bulls, 12 votes towards the Warriors. I can respect any opinion you have here. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased. I'm a Chicago homer. I uh, got my heart in these in this players, but genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I think in a seven game series, the Bulls are winning that. Um, experience really plays a big role here. Got to keep that in mind. The Warriors at this point hadn't won a ring. Uh, this would have been their first year if they didn't choke that massive lead against Braun and Kyrie. And I'm sorry, if you can't close out that series against Braun and Kyrie um, with how little experience they have, I just genuinely from the bottom of my heart do not think they could beat the GOAT on his way to his fourth ring with all the experience he already had. And again, all these guys on his team have done it with him. So, um, yeah, those, those are all my arguments. Again, if you're, if you feel one way or another, it really doesn't matter to me. It's all hypothetical. Um, so this was the, actually, I think this was the closest one of any of them. Yeah. Besides Mark, actually, no, this was the closest one. So the final one I had on here is who had, who has currently the best young core or at least out of these two teams, whose young core is better? Because I think you could throw the Magic up there with Wagner and um, Ronchero, and uh, I'm forgetting the names of their players. Suggs, and there's one more. That Wendell Carter, I think he's still there. Um, anyways, point is, who has the better young core out of the Thunder and the Pelicans? So again, this was a very, very close one. We all know both these teams are some of the younger teams in the league. The Pelicans... Um, we still maybe haven't seen their ceiling and they were a playoff team last year. So I think that's why they slightly edged out the thunder, but it was 16 votes to 15. And so again, you can argue whatever you want here. It really doesn't make a difference. I would probably say the thunder, but if you're really high on Zion Williamson, then you're going to say the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans still have Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, Jose Alvarado, and um, obviously Valanchunas. Valanchunas is a lot older, so that 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 four I said first is going to be you know the young core we're talking about here. But they've proven a little more in this league, and I think again that's why we they have the Pelicans higher. Or we voted the Pelicans higher. You know, you guys voted the Pelicans higher. Um, and especially you know if you're high on Zion, I'm not as high on Zion just because I don't think the sample size is great enough. I'm really concerned about his weight and his health. And once he gets all that figured out, trust me, it's going to be f very fun to watch. I'm by no, like, no means do I want to see him fail. You know what I mean? I'm just hesitant. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, still, it, one of the most explosive college athletes we've ever seen. Like, the, I would love to see him back healthy. Um, and as far as the Thunder goes, I mean, again, we already know what they are. We already know what there is to be excited about. We already know Holmgren. We already know Giddy. We already know SGA. Um, there's a lot to look forward to there as well as, you know, <laughs> however many fucking picks they have in the next seven years or whatever it is. Um, both these teams are going to be very good in the next coming years. And if Zion can stay healthy this year, the Pelicans could be dangerous. I'll say that. Just sneaky good this year. 
So that's all for NBA This or That. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment of the podcast. We're going to move on now to my NBA trade value rankings. Or sorry, NFL trade player, trade player value rankings. Sorry about that. Um, so we're going to go from 1 all the way down to 25. I'm going to not spend as much time on each player as I get lower and lower just because this podcast would go on forever if I did that. Um, so just a disclaimer before we start. This is going to be going for the next five years. So this isn't 10 years. This isn't until they retire. This is just five years. So keep that in mind as I go through the rankings. Um, That's why some guys may be a little lower than you expect. Some guys may be a little higher than you expect just based off age. A lot of that's just going to be based off age. And obviously quarterbacks, they're just a lot higher value position. So they're going to be higher on the list. Um, I'll keep it for me and all quarterbacks. But again, there's going to be more quarterbacks, especially in the beginning of the list. As you go down, they're going to be less and less. Also want to say one more disclaimer. Guys on new teams as of this year, so free agents and guys who were just traded, are not going to be included on this list. Um, I just want to get that out of the way because no team's just going to trade a guy they just got. And I just don't really want to include it that way. So guys like JC Jackson, um, guys like Devontae Adams, guys like Tyreek Hill, guys like that's pretty much all the players that would be on this list that were free agents last year. At least all I can think of right off the top of my head. So yeah, just keep in mind, free agents and guys who were just traded are not going to be on this list. Um, I don't really have to go into too much, de- too much depth about the first two picks. I feel like it's pretty fucking clear and obvious. Um, and you could switch them, but I just have slightly above Josh Allen. I have Patrick Mahomes at number one. Again, um, you could say Josh Allen here. It's just we've seen how incredible Mahomes is. We've seen him win a Super Bowl. We've already seen it. Um, He's arguably still not at his peak, which, you know, is crazy. His contract is going to be a steal in the future. Um, And you have him locked up for, you know, if you trade him now or trade for him now, you're going to have him for the next five years. So you wouldn't have to worry about a contract extension. Um, Yeah, for all those reasons, that's why I have Mahomes at one. I got to stop like hitting my hands together because you guys can probably hear that. I'm not even like clapping. I'm literally just like, I don't know. I'm just like moving my hands as I talk. Um, Josh Allen, number two. Yeah, I mean, again, really, really don't. I don't have to say much else. He's on pace to be an MVP caliber player this season. Um, We've already seen him be ridiculously efficient, ridiculously good. Um, Put his team on his back a couple times. Arguably the best physical tools out of any quarterback in the league. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three slash four. Yeah, I'm cheating. I don't really care. Um, I think they're worth basically just as much because, you know, some one of them does some things a little bit better that the other one can't. And one of them's proven a little more than the other one. So I'm just going to group them together because I think they're so damn similar and just straight ballers. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Um, I think the argument for Burrow is he's worth more because maybe he's won a little more. You know, he's already been to a Super Bowl and he's more of a winner. And you can totally make that argument. That's fair. But you can also totally make the argument for Herbert that he's just got more raw physical, you know, ability and talent. So, again, it's splitting hairs here. I really don't care who you put at three and four. Uh, You can, you know, do this in your own head. If you want to put Herbert above Burrow, go ahead. If you want to put Burrow above Herbert, go ahead. They're right next to each other. That's all that matters. Number five. This might surprise some of you guys because you could keep going with some quarterbacks. But I am so high about this guy. I think I just have to put him at five. And he's actually a defensive player. Micah Parsons. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I considered guys like Kyler Murray here. I considered guys like Lamar Jackson. 
Um, but I just think with everything Micah has already done, we haven't even seen his ceiling, like remotely close. He was just a rookie. He was an all-pro with 13 sacks, I believe like 20 tackles for loss, playing linebacker, like not even as an edge rusher. Take, take everything out. Let's just say he was an edge rusher with 13 sacks and 20 tackles for loss. That's a Pro Bowl season. Now add in the fact that he was doing that as a linebacker, as a rookie, also covering people down the field and not absolutely blowing coverages. He like he he is just insane. The, the stuff he can do on top of being extremely cheap. I mean, what he still has three years left on his current contract and a fifth year option available. I mean, he could win multiple defensive player of the years in his future and. Again, I was considering guys like Lamar or Kyler, but their game is a little more brittle, you know, more injury prone. They can possibly slow down, um, become less valuable at that point. Michael Parsons, we just, we haven't even seen the best of him yet, and he's arguably the best linebacker in the league. Uh, to me, he is the best linebacker in the league, and he was a rookie. So, it, sky is the limit for this guy. He's going to be absolutely incredible for the Cowboys for many years to come. And again, he's untradeable. They're just not going to do that. At number five, um, Again, considered Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I put Russell Wilson here. I just think, you know, he's already proven so much, and we just saw the Broncos give up an absolute haul. We think it's going to be worth it. Um, I think he's a little more elite as far as a passer compared to Kyler and Lamar. And again, we've just seen a little bit more from him. And it's only five years. In five years, he's going to be, what, 37, 38? He'll still be a great quarterback. He'll still be standing upright and throwing absolute darts. Um, who knows in five years if Kyler and Lamar are running the way they are, so... Give me Russell Wilson. I've seen more from him. Number six, Lamar Jackson. Um, so you can probably guess who my number seven is. It's Kyler Murray. Again, it's a very similar argument with Burrow and Herbert. Lamar has proven more. He's won an MVP. He's taken his team to a very far spot in the playoffs. Not as far as you'd want as a Ravens fan, but still. Um, and I think character-wise, maybe he's a little more mature. And again, who the fuck knows what's what to believe with that whole home homework contract clause and all that BS? Because he's extremely talented. Um, I'm not. I've never met the guy. I'm not going to judge the guy's character. I think it was embarrassing that that was in his contract. Um, that's probably a subject for another episode. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Kyler Murray homework clause. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's embarrassing as hell. And you know, it's it's embarrassing on both ends. So now it's not in the contract. So it's like. You know, people are going to forget about it very quickly, but it does say a little something about his character and his work ethic and something. I don't know exactly what it is because, again, I'm not, I don't know this dude like that, but there's something there. That's all I'm saying. So, Lamar Jackson, slightly above Kyler Murray, proven a little more. And again, maybe works a little harder. Who, who knows? Um, then Kyler Murray at seven. Another argument against Kyler um, in favor of Lamar. He seems to crumble a little bit at the end of the year. Um, again, I don't know how much of that you can point to Cliff Kingsbury, probably a pretty decent amount, but he still has done a lot in this league. He's extremely dynamic. We all know how good Kyler Murray is. Um, if you're a football fan, you know, he is the real deal. He can absolutely carry a team on any given week. Number eight, I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but just from a, you know, positional value standpoint and age, and he's not getting paid that crazy compared to a lot of other people at his position. I got to go Dak Prescott. Um, he's the last of the really damn good young quarterbacks. And 
Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. When things are good around him, he can be really damn good. He, the Cowboys had the number one points per game, number one yards per game offense in the league. I believe he had 37 touchdowns to only somewhere in the range of seven to ten interceptions. So, Dak Prescott's proven he can do in this league. Um, even if I'm not the biggest Cowboys fan, maybe I'm not the biggest Dak guy. He's he's a damn good quarterback for his age, and he would be worth a lot in a trade. Number nine, no surprises here, Jamar Chase. Again, just a year younger than Jefferson. That's why I have him here. Um, we already know he's has a chance of cementing himself as the best receiver in the league this year. Um, he was arguably one of them, if not the best, last year. Um, he's one of the most explosive receivers in the league, especially with Tyreek being in Miami now. I think a lot of his success is attributed to him being back with Burrow, but I mean... He's ridiculous. We've seen it. We we it, I don't have to overthink it here. Number ten, Justin Jefferson. Again, the same argument with Chase. He arguably is still getting better. Um, maybe haven't seen the best of him, and he's just a year older than Chase. So he's one year closer to that big ass contract. That's the only reason why I have him one spot below. That's pretty much it. If not, again, if they came out in the same year, I don't even know what the hell like who I'd have in this spot because I think they're the one and two best young receivers in the league, and it's not close right now. Number 11, Nick Bosa. He's still younger than Garrett, so that's why I have him here as opposed to Miles Garrett. I know a lot of Browns fans are probably getting mad, but maybe not quite as productive, still an absolute beast. I mean, coming off an ACL tear and getting 55, or excuse me, not 55, that would be fucking ridiculous. 15 and a half sacks is just ridiculous he's been a huge part of the Niners recent success he fits their culture I know that front office would never want to give him up and you could argue his peak is still further away from guys like Miles Garrett because he's only again 24 years old he's ridiculously young ridiculously productive and does everything that defense wants him to do number 12 again pairing these guys up because they're like splitting hairs Miles Garrett very similar to Bosa just a couple years older already getting paid a lot more than him um, but again, ton of the success of the Browns has to be credited to Miles Garrett. They were an absolute dumpster fire before he got there. He was the number one overall pick for a reason, and they've been a hell of a lot better since. So he is a beast. Number 13, Rashawn Slater. Yes, I have him one spot above. Again, pairing these guys up, Tristan Wirfs. Um, he's, the young, he's the best young pass protector in the league. Maybe he's not quite as polished as Wirfs is, but I think, again, that's just the difference in Wirfs has been in the league one year longer. Um, and I think that to do what he did as a rookie, put it in perspective, is just ridiculous. Um, I also think at the end of the day, he plays left tackle, maybe the slightest bit more important than right tackle. Um, again, now so many teams have these duo edge rushers, but majority of the time, your quarterback's going to be right-handed. We've all heard it before. Left side's his blind side. You got to protect that first. So... I think Rashawn Slater is just slightly above Tristan Wirfs, but again, number 14, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, every argument I just said for Rashawn Slater can be said for Tristan Wirfs, but he's a right tackle instead of a left one. That's pretty much it. And he's one year closer to getting paid a big contract, so maybe that's why Slater's worth a little more. But other than that, it's basically the same the same argument. So at number 15, AJ Terrell. Um, if you know me, you know how how high I am on AJ Terrell. I think he's absolutely outstanding. I think he could have been a first team all pro member last year and he's only 23. 
I believe he's an absolute lockdown corner. He's the lone bright spot in that Falcons team. Um, I don't really expect them to trade him just because I think, you know, having a lockdown corner like that is so valuable. But if they did, a contender would give up a hell of a lot for him. I'll just put it that way. He is an excellent outside corner. He's very, very good in that cover two Dan Quinn scheme. Um, and I think he could do a lot more than that, honestly. At number 16, we have Max Crosby. Again, extremely productive for his age, only getting better. Now he's getting paired with Chandler Jones. He might be even better next season. So, again, a player that the Raiders really wouldn't want to give up. He's one of the best young pass rushers in the league. It would take an absolute haul to get this guy. At number 17, Quinton Nelson. Um, again, this is one of those things that age really plays a factor here of why he's above some of these other people. I believe he's only 23. He's made the All-Pro team twice if I'm not mistaken. Um, he is the best guard in the league already for his age. Um, he is an absolute mauler, run blocking, pass blocking. He'll do it all. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day, and the, he just fits the Colts culture so well. They would never want to give him up. If they did, again, it would have to be a Hall. Number 18, TJ Watt. Um, a lot of you guys are going to think this is too low for him, and that's completely fair, but he's 27. A lot of these other guys are under 25. So again, that really plays a big role. He's getting paid a bag already. It's not like he's in on a rookie contract or anything. So you're paying for the cap space, you're paying for the age, and then you're gonna be giving up a ton of picks. I just really don't think that's as valuable as those younger pass rushers I just mentioned, like Quentin Nelson, like Miles Garrett, like um, Nick Bosa. I just think that he still definitely deserves to be on this list. 27, you can still have a ton of efficient years ahead of you, especially as a pass rusher. We see some guys you know, really being productive into their early 30s um but five years i'm just not going to take that risk i'd rather have someone who's still going into their peak versus someone who just had their career year again you don't want to buy and pay someone for what they've done you want to buy and pay for someone for what they're going to do for you so tj watt that's why he's at 18. number 19 debo samuel just signed an extension with the niners um good to see him back there i think that's really his best fit i think he also is pretty aware of that um, so he got a, basically the same contract as AJ Brown and DK and all those guys um, in that class. So good for him. He's going back to the 49ers. They know how to use him well. He's a very, very good weapon. But I think in a lot of other schemes, he wouldn't be as valuable. Um, I just think Shanahan knows how to use him very well. And for that reason, he's only at 19 and not higher. At 20, this is the second best young corner in the league, in my opinion, uh, Jair Alexander. He's an absolute stud. Uh, again, one of these guys that can just do everything for you. You you, you can put him on an island. He's going to lock a guy down. Uh, super rangy, super athletic. Can play man and zone. Just a great corner. And again, still very young, which is very important to this. Number 21, Creed Humphrey. It feels weird putting a center in this list, but I, that's just how good I think this guy is. He was the best center in the league last year, according to PFF, as a rookie. Again, that is just extremely rare. You don't see that very often. And in my humble opinion, I think the center position is greatly overlooked. I really think you need a really good center to be good in this league now. Um, and that pairing, Creed Humphrey with Mahomes, they want that going for a decade. They don't want to trade this guy at all. The teams would not be, or sorry, Kansas City would not be interested in teams calling for him. So, again, I'm going to have to put Creed Humphrey at 21. 22, Derwood James. Uh, again, one of these scenarios where he's still very young. He's already proven that he can be an all-pro player. Um, his rookie year was one of the most ridiculous safety rookie years I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think he's going to be even better this year as long as 
pray to God he can stay healthy. That is one reason why he almost didn't make this list is because of health. If he was been perfectly healthy his entire career, he would probably be in like the top 15. Um, but simply because of injuries, I had to move him down to 22. The Chargers have been stacking up for, excuse me, have been stacking up their secondary to get a lot of really lengthy, rangy guys in the safety and cornerback position. So I really think they're going to be playing a lot more cover three and having um, Derwin play in the box a lot more. I think they're going to drop two corners back, play one safety over the middle, whether it be Adderley or uh, I believe JT Woods is the guy they got out of Baylor, who's an absolute burner. Um, I think either way, I think Derwin James is going to have an absolute phenomenal season. He's going to be in the box a lot more. But even if he isn't coverage, he's not bad by any means. He's just an extremely good leader for that team. He's extremely young. And again, it would take a boatload for them to give him up. At number 23, I have Derek Carr. Um, some of you guys might be clowning on this one, but again, just the importance of the position. Derek Carr, he's still 31, I believe, something like that. And he's in his early 30s. So five years of Derek Carr would still be extremely efficient. And um, by no means is he's one of these young quarterbacks. So, you know, you're going to want to give up the entire future for him and just build around him all that. And he's going to need some help around him to really succeed. But Derek Carr is an extremely good NFL quarterback still. he's He can be top 10. He will probably show why he's top 10 this year. Um, he led the NFL last year in fourth quarter comebacks. Like The guy is legit. He, he, is, he is legit. And he's got a lot of skill to him. Um, so yeah, Derek Carr at 23. 24, I have A.J. Brown. Again, we all know AJ Brown just a little bit lower than some of these other receivers, but still in this top tier of the young receivers. We've seen him do it on the highest level. We know how physical he can be. Um, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands after the catch. We can know, you know, how physical he can be at the catch point, despite you know not being the tallest receiver. He plays a lot bigger than his size. Um, so AJ Brown at 24, 25. Jalen Hurts again. Quarterback is so important. He's still very young. His ceiling doesn't look like he's hit it yet and he's so important to what the philadelphia eagles are doing over there it would take a shit ton to trade him i also just realized aj brown probably shouldn't be on this list because he is brand new to the team so let's include the first guy out so at 24 we'll have jalen hurts at 25 brian burns congratulations you made the list brian burns is absolutely underrated pass rusher extremely good for the carolina panthers doesn't get as many sacks as you'd like him to have but his pressure rate is really good his hurry rate is really good he gets he's extremely efficient he fucks up the game for uh, a ton of offenses and he's one of those guys where you got to really play close attention to him to see what he's doing but if you do he's extremely disruptive and one of the best young pass rushers in the league he's only 24 still so before i go some names that barely missed the list are antoine winfield cd lamb dj moore terry mclaurin Darius Leonard and Fred Warner. So let me know what you guys think of this list. I really enjoyed putting it together um, Be sure to stay tuned I'm gonna have another episode either by the end of this week or probably a week from today I'm not really sure what my schedule is gonna be like um, I'm working some events this week. So we'll see how much time that takes up um, We'll see how easy it is to set up the YouTube channel and rebrand all my shit um yeah, so I guess that's going to be it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this return episode. I hope you guys are looking forward to the rebranding of Murphy's League. I'm really excited for it. So, yeah, be sure to, you know, follow this podcast. Follow my Instagram account, at Professional Sports Talk. And thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.